This is Fan POV Podcast. Welcome, everyone, back to uh, Fan Pod. We're happy to have you here listening to us, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host today, uh, the Cowboy Killer, Jake. And with us, as always, is a fan favorite, Dougie Fresh. Doug, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. Ready to go. Ready to get it going. Let's do this. Just like the NFL season in itself, ready to get going and rolling. So today, folks, we're going to be talking about some hot takes for the 2020 season coming up here. Some uh, little controversy between what Doug and I got to say and a little banter back and forth. But first, we're going to get into we want to highlight some news that happened over the last week and, and since the last time we guys we talked to you guys. So a uh, couple of big news items, little bullet points here and there. Doug, uh, what's the first one you want to start off with? So the biggest news of the week is, as you guys know, Leonard Fournette was cut by the Jags only to about 24 hours later be picked up by the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. Jake, what what impact do you think this has on not just the NFC South, but the Buccaneers as a whole when it comes to playing the rest of the NFL? So with, with that being said, as far as the rest of the NFL and everything, so the first thing I looked at was Leonard Fournette got signed for $3.5 million for one season. They are going to beat the living heck out of this dude with running the ball. So Fournette, uh, he had a couple of spots that looked good for him because he's more of a gap run scheme individual. For those folks at home, that means that usually you have a pulling guard in the system or some sort. Buccaneers run that kind of that kind of offense. That being said, I think he's going to be a good fit there. Uh, I know Ronald Jones has been kind of up and down with uh, Bruce Arians. Yeah, I guess he's looked a little bit better in the passing game here here as as of late. Uh, Fournette, dude, he's got a lot of talent. I just you know he was on a, a crummy destroyed. Jacksonville team you know we're talking about a squad that was in the AFC championship game 2017 and now they have literally a dozen players left from that roster so they have 12 people left from that 53-man roster they are on complete destruction mode so a guy like Fournette he's going to go to somewhere that somebody a team that wants to win a franchise that's looking to do it now with Tom Brady I think it's huge to be honest I kind of feel the same way the only thing I would say is like the lack of motivation when it comes to Fournette. This guy, so it's a contract year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. You go out there and you get cut by your team. Like, that's a terrible look. I, I get it. The guy has all the talent in the world, but he just hasn't done anything with it. I think this this goes to show more of, like, where you're drafted matters more than how good of a player you are. Like, opportunity over talent any day of the week. He got all the opportunity in the world, but he was running by, behind a garbage offensive line. Garbage quarterback, garbage receiver, just for, a, let's be honest, garbage or organization. The Jaguars have never proven they're anything but an NFL bottom feeder. So him going to the Buccaneers, I think it will give him a little the jump start he needs. I don't think he gets all the work. I know he's only there for one year, but I think that they, they're they just going to keep the fresh legs in there between him, Ronald Jones. Like I think they just keep alternating, keep the fresh legs in there, always have somebody who's ready to ready to take one to the house. Yeah, hopefully. Like I said, you know, there's a, there's a big difference when you walk into the locker room and uh, Blake Bortles is your quarterback compared to walking into the locker room and there's Tom Brady waiting for you. You know, he's not I, I think his attitude is going to change real quick and hopefully in a positive way, too, because I think he could be a wrecking crew. So second news item we want to get to is uh, unfortunately one of the greatest safeties in the league, the most talented Derwin James goes down with a meniscus injury. Uh, he's looking to have surgery to take a, the complete repair of it. Uh, they said it's going to be about six to eight weeks. So basically the whole season as far as uh, recovery time. It looks like he is going to 
basically missed the whole entire season. There's a little optimism that he might come back, but who knows if they even want to test it. And it just seems like the Chargers, dude, in, in general, just can't ever keep anybody healthy. They have the most injuries in the last three seasons over any other team in. This is just another – it's a hit to that defense that everybody was uh, proclaiming to be probably the, one of the best in the league this year, to be honest. Doug, what are you thinking about this? That was my biggest takeaway. Like, man, how unlucky are the Chargers? Seriously. Year after year, we just look at their roster on paper and we're like, man, this team is going to make a run. This team has one of the best rosters in the NFL. And it just seems like every year it's not one. Like, this doesn't even surprise me because it's not one key player that gets hurt. It's two, three, four. We're just waiting for the next domino to fall. Seriously. Every single year, man, I, I feel terrible for the Chargers. It sucks. I really like their roster this year. I still really like it. If they can stay healthy, even with or without Derwin Chains, I still think they have a top five defense. I know that sounds crazy, but they added Chris Harris Jr. Like, I really like what they're doing over there. But, man, this and is a guy who can do it all. He does so much for that defense. He plays linebacker. He plays safety. He plays slot corner. Like, just a, a terrible blow. Like, such bad circumstances, man. It just sucks to see a guy as talented and as young as him get hurt. And it seems like, I, I mean, it sucks to say this, but it seems like he might be one of those guys who is injury prone. You know what I mean? Like, this is now what? The third injury he's had? The second season-ending injury he's had? Like, right. it, it's not looking good for him, man. I feel bad for all those Chargers fans out there. Welcome to L.A., I guess, huh? Yeah, that must be it. But even before that, even when they were in San Diego, I remember there was a time when they literally had all five offensive linemen uh, were all replacements or second or third stringers because their whole entire offensive line was injured. Like, how does this happen? You know, like there's a point where I think it was uh, 22 people on their starting roster was injured at some point. Like, how how is that possible? Is that a training staff issue? Or I don't do Who knows? But, yeah, this is very disappointing. To uh, reiterate, Derwin James, it was his meniscus tear. Uh, that would be your kneecap for layman's terms for everybody out there. So that's what he's getting surgery on. And yeah, it's a huge blow. You know, like you said, they added, they still a, a solid defense with everything they had. They added Kenneth Murray as well in, in the uh, draft. It just, it's just, it's disappointing, but uh, we'll, we'll move forward. Uh, Doug, what's the last uh, news item you want to get to? So the last news item is kind of a couple things in one. We've seen a couple of key signings over the last week. Like we said, we talked about Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon got a big contract, the one I want to talk about is, so just a couple days ago, we heard that Alvin Kamara could be traded. He could be traded. Everyone was going crazy. Like, I had people hitting me up like, oh, my God, I drafted Kamara in the first round of my draft. What does this mean? I just told him, like, calm down. He's not getting traded. Let's let's be real. One, no one in the NFL is going to give up what the Saints would want. Second of all, he's too valuable to the Saints. And then that ultimately cooler heads prevailed, like, Later that same night, we saw, okay, they sat down, they're back on good terms, contract talks are moving the right way. We heard that even a contract may be coming any day now. I mean, this is a good thing for the Saints. I, at first, I was like, man, this could be turmoil, you know. Hopefully, Alvin Kamara doesn't sit out of camp, whatever. But it seems now like they're back on the right track, and hopefully they get a deal done because – I love watching Alvin Kamara on Sundays play for New Orleans. He's just such a fun guy to play for. He means so much to that offense, more than I pe think people realize, just because he's kind of a hybrid running back wide receiver and like a safety valve for Drew Brees. But it seems like cooler heads prevailed and they're going to get a deal done. 
Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, last, the latest news I heard was they were looking to sign a deal by Saturday uh, and get him on, back on the field. That's three days without uh, you know Kamara on the practice field. You know, so people start talking in the locker room, and that just it's just a, a distraction for everybody. Uh, my thing is the franchise. Like, if you already know you're going to sign the guy, like you're not you're not going to not sign him. So why not just get the deal done, make the player happy, and just keep it moving? You know, especially like you said, Joe Mixon got signed. Uh, you know, you already seen Zeke in the same draft class get his contract. You know. Uh, run CMC got his as well. There's another six running backs. I want to say that are in that, in that draft class that are supposed to, uh, come up on their years too. So, you know, obviously Kamara's at, at the top tier, you know, better half of that, of that, you're not going to get rid of them. So why not just get the deal done and make everybody happy? You know, uh, not to mention this has to make Kamara happy because we've seen this play out now over the last couple of years, Melvin Gordon wanted new money. They didn't pay him and they couldn't find a trade partner for him. Uh, right. like, the running back market is so dried up right now. Leonard Fournette, he wanted a new deal. They said, no, we're not extending your fifth-year option. We'll look for a trade for you. They couldn't even get a six-round pick for him. I get Kamara as a tier above those guys, but what comes with the tier above them is the asking price goes up. For Melvin Gordon, it might have been one first. There's no way the Saints are giving up for Kamara for anything less than two first. And honestly, the fact that you get a running back, you have to pay him, so your team is already handicapped because if you pay a running back as much as – as much as we all love the running backs and they're big in fantasy and they're the guys that everybody knows about, they don't really win you football games. I mean, tell me the last time like a, a running back won a team a Super Bowl. So you already have to pay him big money, which puts you behind the eight ball. You had to give up, say, two first round picks in this case. I mean, that wasn't reported, but that's just what I think they would ask for him. So you have so now you handicap your team for the future. It just doesn't work out. So Kamar has to be happy. He's gonna stay on a good team, get paid like Everybody wins here. Everybody wins. And that's just it, too, when you talked about money going around, too. Like, you know, Kamaro's sitting over there and watch Michael Thomas get signed to a big deal, too. He's like, yo, like, am I not just as important? So I agree. So moving on, we're going to go to, like we said, uh, our hot takes of the 2020 season. I'm sure some of these will be a little comical to you guys. And uh, just just for the listeners, it's a hot take. So, you know, it's a little out there. We're not talking about the most obvious. Like, if it'd be... Wouldn't it be exactly a hot take if we said Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for over 20 touchdowns this year. You know, like, no, you don't need to pay anybody to tell you that. Real quick, too, before I get my uh, my chops busted by some people out there, when I mentioned that the uh, meniscus was the uh, the lamest term for a kneecap, I was incorrect. I, the patella is the, the kneecap. It's the meniscus is the cushioning around it, uh, the the cartilage. I, I meant to correct myself, but I got too overzealous. So before some of you guys out there and you know who you are, they're going to bust my chops about that. But uh, keeping it moving, Doug, back to the 2020 uh, hot takes. I'm uh, I'm intrigued. We did not share these with each other beforehand, folks. So uh, you hearing it from Doug's mouth is the same time I'm going to be hearing it from Doug's mouth. So uh, I, I'm just as intrigued as the rest of you guys. So uh, Doug, start, start us off, my man. So before I give my first hot take, I just want to give you guys kind of what when I look through these, I kind of just thought of things that have maybe a 10 to 20% chance of happening. And some of them skew more towards the 10%. Some of them even skew probably a little bit less than 10% for some of my big ones, but some of them skew towards 20%. I mean, that's not like a great probability of happening, but that's just kind of how the lens I look through to look for a hot take, you know, something that could happen 20% chance, but is very unlikely. And when you hear it, it kind of gives you that shock value, like, oh, really? You think that could happen? But it's, I think it could happen. Not that it will. I'm not predicting that any of these things will happen. Just something that could happen. You know what I mean? Sounds a so lot, sounds, that, a, sounds like a lot of asterisks in uh, what you're about to say, my friend. I won't lie to you. Some of these get a little <laughs> out there. I'm not going to lie. I had, to pre- I had to preface myself, get myself prepared for the hate I'm going to get That's this okay. week. You know what I mean? That's all good. 
So with that being said, I'm going to go from least hot takey to most hot takey. And my first one is that Clyde Edwards-Alaire will finish top three in the league in all-purpose yards. Ah! Now, now, this one is probably my least hot take. You know what I mean? They spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of LSU, for those of you who aren't familiar with him. Kind of built like Ray Rice, smaller, stockier guy, breaks a lot of tackles, great out of the backfield catching the ball. What I looked into when I, when I thought of this one was last year a group led by – it was a group of four. LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, and Darwin Thompson were the four running backs from the Chiefs. It was a different combination every week because there was a lot of injuries in that backfield between Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. But that group of four rushed for 1,570 yards last year. They caught 82 passes for 605 yards. I mean, that's a total of almost 2,200 yards. You know what I mean? Now, to me, 2,200 yards, if you get 2,200 yards, you literally would be – like number two in the league for all-purpose yards. But let's be real, Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't going to get 100% of that number. But what I thought was really that number is going to go up for the Chiefs next year. Teams that skew predominantly pass-heavy almost always reduce to the mean, regress to the mean and run a little bit more the next year. Also, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if you ask me, is twice the running back that any of those guys in their current form are. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is like – you know, he's kind of old yeah, and we, washed up. Yeah. I love you, Shady. I hate watching you run all over my Giants, but oh, he is sure. washed up if you at this had, point. If you had LaShawn McCoy five, six years ago, then we're just a different conversation. But Exactly. Then you got Damian Williams. He was he literally was a nobody in Miami before he came to Kansas City. Same with Darrell Williams and Darwin Thompson. I mean, they're decent guys, but they're just late-round draft picks that the Chiefs have on their depth chart. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think we can agree, is an upgrade of that. But of that – 2,175 yards. If you just gave Clyde Rosalair 80% of that, that's 1,739 yards, which would have been number three last year in all-purpose yards. And like I said, I think he's better than any of those guys. So I can easily see him hitting 1,800, 1,850 all-purpose yards. He has, Like I said, he has high draft capital. You don't draft a guy at the end of the first round. You don't draft a running back in the first round period if you don't plan on giving him the ball. So I think he's going to have a huge workload. And that offense is loaded. So, like, for people that don't know, there's something called the eight-man box. It's what teams that don't throw the ball well, they're running back see eight-man fronts, which means there's four down linemen, three linebackers, and usually a safety in the box trying to stop the run, pretty much daring any bad quarterbacks in the league to throw the ball. I'm letting you know right now, I couldn't find the exact number, but Kansas City has to see the least amount of eight-man fronts in the league. Everybody's scared of Mahomes. That's what I'm saying. Four percent. That was, is an absurd number. Like four percent of the time they see eight man front. Yeah, that I was has just gonna say it was within line. like of the four percent. I want to say like it was like ninety two percent of it was like within like fifteen yards. Like even not even in the complete red zone, but even further into the red zone. You know, the red zone starts at the twenty yards out. Yeah, oh for sure. And that makes sense. And that makes sense because everybody's scared of Mahomes. They have weapons all over the field. Ceh is going to be running against. No, like the smallest fronts he's seen, even at LSU. You know what I mean. So I just think, I think eighteen hundred total all-purpose total yards is not out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think I think he gets up there this year and proves that he also belongs in the elite category. What do you think about that one, man? Uh, this might be the least hottest take I've ever heard in my life. It's funny. The first thing I prefaced this was, or uh, prep, or uh, you know, I'm not even try that word. The first thing I highlight was like, you know, these are going to be kind of outlandish, crazy ones to be putting out there. This is not crazy at all, my man. I mean, I agree 100%. The top three, that's, I mean, maybe that's the hot take of it, the top three, just because you never know what everybody else is going to do. But 
you you nailed it all and i was already thinking too that the whole eight man in the box stat and then you brought it up there's nothing to stop this man you know like you said damian williams has already opt out for the season I don't even know if the two other backups that you named previously are even still on the team. I couldn't even tell you who's the next person sharing time in that backfield with him. You mentioned the fact that uh, they drafted him intentionally in the first round with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's done this before with uh, Shady McCoy and the guy that we blinked on last week when, uh, with Brian Westbrook uh, in Philadelphia. I don't see how they can't. And, and you mentioned it yourself. Like, when, when are, is he ever going to see a huge eight man box in front of him, unless he's, you know, first and goal. You know what I mean? There, there's no chance that anybody could, could cheat up to the line on a, on a potential run play. Cause Mahomes is going to burn you over top every time. Like you said, I dude, That's, I could, I don't even argue one bit with that. I mean, like I said, not to poo poo on the hot take aspect of it, but that's a very realistic, very uh, doable and seeable number to hit for sure. You know, and that, there's a reason he's going in the, in the first round in, in many drafts around the, around the league. You know what I mean? So, so as far as hot takes go, here's, here's a good example of a real hot take. And I'm waiting for somebody to, uh, AKA Dougie fresh to uh, really pop me on this. My first hot take was now hear me out, folks. Aaron Rodgers will be the league MVP this year. I just think that with everything going on, he's got Jordan love behind him. The way that the NFC North is looking, uh, it's a lot of uh, mix up. I don't think Minnesota's going to be nearly as good as they were last year. You know, they're talking about Jefferson. The first rounders are already falling behind because he's been out and they lost a whole bunch of people on defense. I know they just got Yannick. That was their main uh, 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 competition. You know, Detroit's looking a little bit better, but they still are 32nd in the two minute and two minute defense. So they gave up the most points in the last two minutes of the first half in the, in the end of the game. The Lions, they have a crappy defense to begin with. Uh, and Chicago, who the hell knows with MVP Mitch and Nick Foles, you know what I mean? So that being said, that's their vision. Continuing on, they went 13-3 last year. Uh, it was a lucky 13-3, but still, nonetheless, it's still 13-3. I, I think the record will be a little bit worse this year, but I just think with what's going on and everything and uh, Aaron Rodgers having that chip on his shoulder, he's twenty five. He's plus 2,500 in Vegas to win the MVP. So back to that, uh, if you put $100 down in Vegas and say, I want Aaron Rodgers to win, your $100 turns into $2,500 if he hits. It's exactly the biggest favorite out there, but... I just, man, I just think with him, his mantra and his, his attitude, and just, he still has skill. And I just think there's enough around him that, I, dude, they still have the number eight defense too. So he's going to get some ball back a, a decent amount. Aaron Rodgers MVP of the league this year, my friends. So, like, when you first hear that, for many people, they're like, "No way, get out of here!" Da da da. You know, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan, so this may be skewed a little bit in the wrong way. But what sells in the NFL? is controversy like what sells in any sport is big headlines controversy i know for a fact that the nfl would love it if aaron Rodgers won the mvp because it would force it would force green bay to make a huge decision do you want to keep the former mvp or do you want to move forward with jordan love not just that i think Rodgers is the type of guy that like works with the chip on his shoulder you know he's always has a chip on his shoulder whether it was to come and improve he he should have been starting over brett Favre, or to prove whatever analyst is talking bad about him that sunday you know he's always a guy that he's a little sensitive but he works well with a chip on his shoulder i don't think this is crazy outlandish because he has the talent we've seen it before the guy has one of the best arms in the nfl if not the best arm the way he literally can throw the ball 40 yards at the flick of a wrist. I've never seen anything like it. And even that's considering Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, all that. I've never seen anything like it. The only problem with this call is 
he only has one weapon, and that's Devontae Adams. I think a lot of teams this year are just going to scheme Devontae Adams out of the game plan and say, okay, if Rodgers can beat us, cool. If not, they can't re- – I mean, they have a decent running back in Aaron Jones, but if we can take away Devontae Adams, we can take away Aaron Rodgers. That's the only problem I see with this. Well, here's, But, again, I don't think this is totally My crazy. thing is, though, is, what else did they have last year besides Devontae Adams? Like, nothing has changed. You know, honestly, this would have been a, a little better of a take if uh, my boy Functious didn't opt out of the season. They, you know, they signed Devin Functious over – to play for them after you know for the Colts you know my go blue guy but then he opts out for the uh, Kovic season so that was kind of a mood point I mean they didn't have any there's I mean it's almost basically the same roster from last year to be honest you know they added uh Dylan from uh the draft or whatever not not that I think he's gonna make a huge splash but just like you said everything with a chip on the shoulder the reason I thought it would be more of a hot take because you know the fact that he's plus 2500 I mean that means you know you got Patrick Mahomes he's competing against you got Lamar Jackson he's competing against there, there's a lot of their notable easier choices as far as like getting your uh, mvp but hey look at matt ryan the year that he won it with the falcons i guarantee i want to look it up i bet you he was not more than plus 1500 to win it that year i bet you nobody was he was on nobody's radar same thing same with the year that cam newton went 15-1 i know the season before that he was injured you know that season i mean he might have had an eye or two but he wasn't crazy high up by any means so you know you know especially the same with the mvp the heisman etc etc so go. as you say this, I look up Aaron Rodgers' stats from last year because he said nothing changed, right? Mm-hmm. And, man, I got to tell you, this guy is so good. I know our counterparts, Kevin and Mikey P, love to hate on this guy. And how? And I, and I look at it so much as far as, like, from a fantasy perspective because that's what I spend a lot of my time doing. So, like, his fantasy numbers aren't huge, but this guy literally threw for 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and four picks last year. Anyone who says that this man is, like, washed or not good anymore they're just wrong bro flat out wrong like 26 touchdowns four interceptions i'll take that on my team any and day twice on sunday no pun intended you got that, got right. that right so yeah so that's my hot my hottest take so uh where, where you got going for us next doug i mean you said that the uh clyde edwards hilaire was your uh least hottest take i guess it'd be lukewarm least hottest i don't think that's a word that's terrible we'll go with lukewarm so what's your next uh mediocre hot take my friend so <laughs> this one gets it starts getting hotter and hotter from here on out and this one is <laughs> are we are we in a nelly song right now <laughs> <laughs> taking it back to 2000 man <laughs> so here's my hot take my next hot take it's that the houston texans will be picking in the top 10 next year now this doesn't seem like too outlandish on the on the surface because everyone the big headline this year was oh they traded away deandre hopkins but bill o'brien's never had a losing season but i think that ends this year man so they lose hopkins they bring in an old washed up david johnson i'm still not they're going to give him all the touches he can handle you don't trade hopkins for him and pay him and not give him all the touches he can handle i think he's washed i think he's a terrible running back at this point i loved him in his day but i think the injuries have caught up to him they have a bad offensive line. They traded for Laramie Tunsil, and they still have a bottom six offensive line, even with one of the best left tackles in the league. They never – what really gets me is, like, I love Deshaun Watson. He can he can scramble and create plays, but they never replaced Hopkins with the actual Hopkins guy. Yes, they went out and got Brandon Cooks. They got Randall Cobb. I get it. They have three slot receivers on their team at this point. Will Fuller can play the outside if he has to, but the guy's never healthy. Brandon Cooks, he's another guy who's one cutcushion away from being out for the season. Randall Cobb is nothing more than a slot guy. Not saying he's not great in the slot, but they never replaced Hopkins with a guy like Hopkins. What makes Watson so good is he can scramble and scramble and scramble and keep the play alive, and then he finds somebody like Hopkins on the field. I don't know if they ever replaced him with a guy like that. So I look to see, 
I think that Watson's going to look a little lost this year, and I don't think it's going to be his fault. He's going to be running for his life back there behind that terrible offensive line. And then that's not that's just on the offensive side of the ball. If we move to defense, last year they were 26th in the league in DVOA, and they added nobody to that defense. They lost Jonathan Joseph, so I guess that's addition by subtraction at this point in his career. But they're just terrible. And not to mention another point against them is their head coach is their GM, and the guy is getting rid of the best player on their team. Like, I think I think the hoax of Bill O'Brien's up this year, man, and I, I've never thought I would say this, but a guy who has four straight winning records – I could see him getting fired this year if they if they pick in the bottom ten like I like I think they will. What do you think about that, buddy? Ooh, bottom ten. That is uh that is a spicy meatball. Uh, I agree with you as far as Bill O'Brien might be seeing his last his last days. And the problem with that is, you know, Bill O'Brien is the reason, you know, we always joke that he's the reason we started this podcast. You know, if he can be a GM, why the hell can't the rest of us do it? You know what I mean? I can make those those idiot mistakes too and get paid that kind of money. Him and Adam Gase, man. Him, him and Adam Gase. You're not lying. Paved the way. You're not lying, bro. Um, yeah, so all the things you mentioned, the thing about watching it, and you said him running for your life, he just reminds me of Russell Wilson, like a younger version. Obviously not as acclimated with all the uh, Super Bowls and all the titles. He's just younger, obviously. He's got time to do all that. But they just, like you said, they don't put anything around him to do it. And the problem, the same with Seattle, is the same with the Texans, is they just assume that Russell, and in this case, Deshaun Watson, can just run around and, and keep it going and, to, and make the plays. But as you uh, forecast it, he he he's going to be lost. He doesn't have he doesn't have his Hopkins. He can just toss the ball up to you know what I mean. When when things are going down, the other thing too is if you look at their schedule, their first four games are against the Chiefs. They're going in that buzz saw on Thursday night to open the season on their ring ceremony, and that's going to be a wolf. They're going to get torched. They're going to get bad. murdered. The second game after that, they play the Ravens. Game after that, they go to Pittsburgh in that defense, and then they follow that up with the Vikings. Now I know I just said the Vikings were kind of on a down season, but they're not exactly you know. They're not a terrible team still. They're just uh, whatever. But that's their first four games, you know, and they still got the Packers in the, in the, in the season. You know, they got the – I think the Browns are going to be better. You know, they play the Colts twice, who I think is a better team this year than last year. Obviously, they pay, play the Titans twice as well. Uh, yeah, this can be a rough season for them, man. I do not see a whole lot of a whole lot of W or easy wins for them, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I mean, top 10, man, there are a lot of other crappy teams in the league. So, top 10 is – that's a stretch, man. But dude, if they get there, there's no doubt that they got to fire Bill O'Brien. Because I mean, I just think even just his PR. I mean, the the owners listen to everything else, you know, all the talk radio and everything like that too. They they hear the the buzz around the league. I mean, there's their job is to sell tickets at the end of the day, right? And create fan buzz. It's, I mean, it is about winning, but at the same time, if you have a guy that your fan base just constantly hates on and he's not winning, right? Something has to change. No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, top ten. So oh, the. I won't say I won't say it's a hot take. It's it's definitely a lot better than the last one, but uh, it's it's definitely getting hotter. I will say. Uh, so the whole time you were speaking, I just got to throw this out there. <laughs> I was listening. I promise I was. But the whole time you were speaking, all that was going through my head was a team that is the GM is Bill O'Brien and the head coach is Adam Gase. <laughs> I just I mean I'm just thinking of what a circus that team would be if you just got brought in 
Bill O'Brien to only be the GM. And then you brought in Adam Gase to be the head coach. Every time we were talking about that, that's why we started the podcast. That's It just had me chuckling over here, man. I'd be betting the under on that team every single year. I don't care what the win total was. Jacksonville. Works. Yeah, seriously. Jacksonville, where you at? Step up. Seriously. No, they got – they got. <laughs> what does uh, Lombardi call him? Uh, David Blaine Caldwell. Dave Caldwell, yeah, their exactly. GM over there. I don't know how this guy oh, keeps man. his job. He's like David Blaine. Start calling him David Blaine Caldwell. Like, geez. That's so funny. That is hilarious. What you got for us for the next hot hot uh, take, man? So back to <laughs> back to Mike and Kevin who can't defend themselves because they're not here to listen to this. But yeah, they, they always hate on this guy too. And I was I, – I mean, you might too to be honest. I don't know. I don't know you and I have ever had this conversation. But my next hot take is you mentioned Clyde Hilaire being the top three as far as purpose yards. I got, uh, I got Todd Gurley uh, coming back and being in the top five rushers this season in the NFL. I think he uh, – you know, I know, obviously, everybody knows about his injury. Um, he's coming to a team now in Atlanta, so he's coming back to home to Georgia. You know, he went to college. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. I think he's going to be a little bit more motivated. Uh, he's behind an offensive line that had an actual offensive line, not the 26th ranked one that uh, uh, the LA Rams were last year. Uh, they're all their whole entire offensive line is nothing but first round draft picks. Not to mention that they have weapons everywhere. So, there's, again, back to the point of like uh, Edward Schiller that you're talking about with the eight-man box. Todd Gurley's never going to see an eight-man box. I think that he is going to have an opportunity to showcase. I mean, here's the thing, too. Even on his quote-unquote down season last year, he still had 10 touchdowns at 800 yards on a crappy, dismal, falling off the, the edge of the cliff L.A. Rams team. You know, and everybody wants to, you know, you reminisce about the days when he was, a, you know, damn near the league MVP and he won your fantasy leagues for you when he was killing it. Yeah, you know, people do fall off a little bit. Not everybody can get, you know, 300 touchdowns in a season, bro. You know, like it happens that people fall off. The other point is, too, is there's nobody else there. They got, you know, they don't have Devontae Freeman anymore. Obviously, he's still a free agent, which the fact that he hasn't signed is kind of, uh, you know, a case in itself. You know, I think Edo Smith is uh, his competition, you know, as far as running backs. I just think with all the looks he's going to get and the the lack of eight man in the box, I, dude, this guy still has talent. You know what I mean? Like, he, he if he can keep that knee up and man, uh, keep that knee healthy, dude, I think he's going to be a top five rusher this league. I mean, he's not going to be out your Zeke's or your Saquon's or your run CMC's by any means, but even Camara. But, dude, just watch him sneak into the top five. I'm calling it. Now, listen, usually, again, I would love to disagree with you, but can I just piggyback off of this and say I agree? And one of my hot takes is going to be that the Falcons have the best offense in the NFC South. So we're on the exact same page. Like, at the end of the day, Todd Gurley didn't miss any time last year. Like, he had the the knee injury. When I watched him, he looked fine. The only the only reason we all had this conversation is because McVay didn't give him the ball. I think at the start of the year, McVay thought – if I can just save this guy's legs, you know, I can keep him for a couple of years. And then they realize, well, he's starting to become a headache in the locker room. Maybe his knee isn't fully healthy. So they got rid of him. The Falcons have every reason in the world to run this guy into the ground this year. And I, and I think he's going to try to hold up as much as he can just to try to prove the Rams wrong. I mean, it seems like that that relationship ended like in a bad way. I mean, he even just a couple of weeks ago tweeted at the Rams like, where's my money? Because yeah. yeah, give me my money, my old, my my uh, contract money, or whatever. Yeah, because he hadn't been paid yet, or whatever it was. I mean, I don't think it was like oh, they didn't pay him on purpose. It was just probably you know late or whatever. It wasn't a big deal, but just even him tweeting that at him shows that the relationship didn't end in a good way. I think he goes to Atlanta and tries to prove them wrong big time. So, so I was wrong. I said ten touchdowns last year. He had twelve touchdowns last year. Oh, I mean, he's he a touchdown machine. Eight- 
Yeah, and he had 800, 850 yards, what everybody looks at. You know, the two years before that, when he had 13 and 1,200 yards, you know, that was a, a 13 touchdown, so he had a 17. Yeah, like, dude, I don't get, you know, is it just everybody's just so, like, nervous about his knee? I mean, come on. I, dude, it baffles me. And, and the fact is, is and, you know, talking fantasy, and we're talking about average draft position. He's going in, like, the seventh and eighth round in your fantasy drafts. That's incredibly, like, that seems so silly to me. But, and, and, hey, man. That just means that you and I can jump on them in uh, in uh, our future coming up drafts. You know what I'm saying? And Hopefully not just put you on the spot, not to put you on the spot, but I mean, for anyone out there, n- name me five better places that he could have landed. There aren't many. Seriously, I mean, I can think of maybe okay, Indianapolis because well, they have the great O line. You don't want him to right? go to you don't want him to go to Baltimore because he's just going to be in a timeshare, so they're off the board. Kansas City, okay, yeah, we just talked about what happened with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Other than that, there's not many better spots to land. The dude is going to have no – people already apparently don't respect him. I don't know if defenses don't. I'd have to go back and look at the film and see how the defenses played against him. But people already, it seems like, don't respect him. He, this offense is loaded. He's going to be running against weak fronts all year. And he's going to get all the work he can handle. You're telling me Brian Hill is going to get any touch in this offense? Not a chance, dude. Yeah, or Edo Smith, like I yeah, mentioned. Yeah, Edo Smith as well. Again, not a chance. Outstanding. Damn, you know what? I, a, after this so far, you know, I, I don't know that Mike and Kevin are going to let us do another episode to get, together, bro. Right, like, seriously, this might be the last gonna, one. So we got to start getting some controversy going here. So uh, with that being said, let's uh, let's see what you got going on in your uh, next hot take. All right, I gotta re- I'm got going to give you a, one of the bigger ones here. This, this one's yeah, a big one for me, all right? We're spicing it up. All right, here it is. The Ravens become the second team ever to go 16-0. Now hear oh, me out. Now hear me out. Yes. For a while, we have been <laughs> saying that we think the Saints have the best overall roster. We've been in agreement on that. As I was looking through the teams last night, it's not the Saints. I love you, Drew Brees. I love you, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. They're not the best overall roster. It's the Ravens, and it's not even close, honestly. So you have Lamar Jackson, who's going to obviously take, hopefully, not obviously, hopefully take a third-year leap, you know, become an even better passer than last year. Now, there's no way he can keep up the 9% touchdown rate he had last year. I understand that. But that that's not indicative of how good you are as a passer. That's just kind of a lucky number. You can keep it in the high sixes, high 5.5%. That's above average. Obviously, you're not going to be able to keep 9%. That's just – it's not possible. You know what I mean? It's too far yeah, outside the just, just for the listeners, too, that 9%, that means that 9% of your snaps taken over the whole entire season was uh, resulted in some kind of score. So touchdown or et cetera, et cetera. So he, what he's saying is that Lamar Jackson underneath center, or you know, in shotgun, you know what I'm saying, 9% of his snaps all season long was some kind of touchdown, which is insane. Just to put it in perspective, Russell Wilson has the highest for like a career as far as like current players and it's six percent yeah exactly. yeah that's yeah so that's nuts that p- people can do that and so he's yes, a freak right, of nature right 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 exactly so just wanted to give a, a point of reference for the listeners that nine percent right there so, yeah for sure continue on so then also in a year dominated by covid where meshing early is going to be hard for many teams the ravens should have no problem with that they didn't really have any key losses now, I preface this by saying they didn't have many key losses. They did lose Earl Thomas last week, but it's starting to seem like that might have been addition by subtraction. They said that he was late to like several meetings over the last year. He, that was his second fight that we saw on video last week. So that might have been addition by subtraction. But then you get into the actual legitimate key additions. On defense, they add – they're already a stacked defense. Like They're one of the best defense in the league, and they add 
Pro Bowler Matthew Judon, great pass rusher. Jimmy Smith, great cornerback. Patrick Queen out of LSU, one of the top linebacker prospects. Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, another good linebacker. Derek Wolf, he's a great run-stopping defensive end. Justin Ellis, Jihad Ward, like the list goes on. That defense is loaded. Anyone who like thinks that the Patriots still have the best defense, they're wrong. It's it's the Ravens. I'm telling you, it's not particularly close. So in a year where like meshing matters, I think they're going to be just fine because. Also, on like, go ahead and make your point about the defense real quick. No, I was just gonna say of all the of all the names you listed right there, I'm surprised you didn't say Calais Campbell too. Like, I was, I feel like that was the biggest signing of everybody. Everybody was on the top of the list. Somehow, I skipped over his name. Exactly, Calais Campbell. <laughs> like, like, I, like, it's crazy that they've added all these pieces to an already stacked defense. And like I said, again, it's gonna be hard for offenses to get their rhythm early. They're a team that predicates themselves on running the ball, like. It's not hard to mesh. You don't have to hit somebody on a timing route when you're a team that can run down someone's throat and everyone knows it and they can't stop it because they have to worry about Lamar Jackson. They have to worry about Mark Ingram. Now they add into the mix another pair of fresh legs, J.K. Dobbins. Oh, once you, once he's running it down your throat, then then they bring in whoever else like at the running back position. They just constantly keep fresh legs. Gus Edwards will come in there and get carries. Then – like what they needed was they didn't need game changing wide receivers because they already had Marquise Brown. He's a game changer. They bring in Wait. Devin Duvernay, the slot receiver out of Texas, who ran a sub four four. So he's a great slot guy. They bring in James Prochet out of SMU, who a lot of people say was the best slot in the whole the whole draft. He was a fifth round pick, but only because he literally can't play outside. He's only a slot guy. Like this offense got better. This defense took a step forward. They had depth at every position that makes them good from the beginning. I see them getting off to a fast start because, like I said, they they didn't have any key losses. Like All their additions are just plug-and-play pieces where it's not based on timing. It's not a new receiver, a new quarterback, a new system. They kept all the same coaches. They're dominant on both sides of the ball. And I just honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, I think they're the best all-around team we've seen since that Patriots team in 2011. Wow. I mean, get your ticket in Vegas right now for them to win it all, I guess, right? Now, let's let's see if all that transitions into the playoffs, though. It seems like they always – the last two seasons they've done that, this before. You see the the bold, the hot take was 16-0. and 0. We didn't talk about the playoffs because – It's true. You, never, you didn't say 20-0. and 0, You're right. You got that right. Or, or we we still haven't seen Lamar Jackson do it in the playoffs. Right, and that's the that's the key to that. Yeah, we mentioned in some podcasts before that somehow, some way, the Ravens got the 32nd ranked uh, strength of schedule. Now, strength of schedule, I kind of take with a grain of salt just because they're basing so much it on the, every year. Man. Yeah, and they're, they're basing it off the the teams from the year before. You know, like if you're talking about you know insert team A. But maybe Team A was, you know, three and thirteen last year, but you know, they lost their starting quarterback for the season and their left tackle. Well, now they don't have, you know, those issues. So now it's like, well, that team wouldn't be three and thirteen. But but still that being said, I mean, the fact that they're even at the thirty the easy schedule. Uh, I mean, even just scroll scrolling through it, man. I mean, the only thing I really see is a huge X factor. I mean, they play the Chiefs, but they're in Baltimore and it's a Monday night football game. So you know that place is going to be rock. Well, I don't know. Is Baltimore allowed to have fans? I don't. I, I, I need to get the list of uh, the teams that are allowing fans and that aren't allowing fans. So I fans. heard that like the NFL doesn't even plan on start having fans if they do till week four. Okay. So, well, so I mean, yeah. by then they would have fans? No, it'd be week three well, that they play the Chiefs. Uh, 
Man, yeah. It would be a tough one. I don't know. Yeah. I did see that it was I did see that it was in Baltimore and that kind of swayed my decision even better. If it would have been in Kansas City, I probably would have made the hot take fifteen and one or even not made it a hot take, but I did see it was Baltimore. Whoa, I didn't whoa, really whoa. factor in that there was no fans. Yeah. That I mean that's gonna be a big thing for the whole season, but that's another right. that's a topic for another for another podcast. You know what you really meant to say was you scrolled up and seen that the Cowboys were in Baltimore, <laughs> and that's what was like, okay, if they were in Dallas, Dallas would have a shot, but the fact that they're in Baltimore, that's what threw you off. I got it. No, I know I hear you. You're not saying it, but I hear you. Uh, Living six, up to that cowboy nickname, I see, huh? Cowboy killer, bro. Not the other one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 16 and man you know actually it's funny because colin cowherd said the same thing on his radio show about that them going 16 and 0 and i kind of scoffed at it a little bit but now that really oh well, man like the points you're bring- yeah i just caught it on a, uh, a highlight uh how i'm looking through it and the points you made man they're i mean they're in they're in new england later on in november uh Steelers, oh, I think the steel. I think the Steelers can steal one from them. And don't forget the Browns beat them last year too. Here's the thing about Baltimore that makes me nervous, and like to the point of the Browns from last season. If you can get up on them right away, if you can be the first team to score and like keep them from uh, returning that, you know, volleying it back to very next drive. If you can hold a, a ten point lead on them, or you know, and this is a huge if. Don't get me wrong. They, they're, they're, they're. Uh, Game uh, game scheme on offense changes so much. They don't know. I don't think they know how to get back. Lamar Jackson, like you mentioned, he, he's not the the pass to throw downfield. I know he worked on it a lot this offseason, you know, in between jumping over jet skis on uh, beaches and stuff like that. But, I mean, the fact that Marquise, or Marquise Brown was injured all last year, I know he's supposed to be coming back and he's got all his weight back on and all that good stuff. I just need to see it, man. Like you said about the playoffs, like we're, we've yet to see him do it. You know, luckily for, you know, John Harbaugh being one of the best coaches in the NFL, they know how to scheme up a, a game plan. That's what I was looking for earlier, game plan, damn. Uh, they know how to scheme up a game plan to keep it where they are ahead majority of the time. You know, like you said, they got the defense to stop the teams. They got the the running ability and holding on to the ball. You know, their time of possession was number what number one last season as far as like time of possession on offense for for good reason too because they run the, the you know the ball so much they have the clock just tick tick ticking away it's those teams that can get up on them real quick like an ie you know kansas city chiefs or you know even like the, you know the steelers depending on what ben looks like uh patriots you know just there i just feel like there's going to be a team in there that could that will it's not a hard read to know how to beat these guys it's not as the game plan is easy to beat them. Executing it is a totally different thing with what they have on defense and how they play the game. You know, it's two different conversations. Like everybody knows, you know, this, you know how to do it, but it's just a matter of actually doing it, I guess. So I just feel like at some point they're going to get a team or two to do it. To be honest, though, my hot take was that Lamar Jackson is going to regress significantly this year because of what you see. Like I said about the 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 game plan and everything like that. Defensive coordinators know how to beat Lamar Jackson. You know, you look at it in both both of the. Uh, uh, playoff games he played you know san diego when they were still san diego two years ago they got up on him real quick in that playoff game in baltimore didn't have a tr- issue with him at all same with tennessee last year they got right in there and smacked him right in the mouth and baltimore had no you know had no answers for it you know i just don't know that lamar is that quarterback to bring him back from behind he needs that lead i could see the team it's funny you say that because i was going to say my hot take was i could see baltimore going like 10 and six, maybe like 11 and five this year. And not because I don't like all those additions. You kind of made me wa- uh, waver a little bit on my, uh, on what I was going to say, because of, I'm like, damn, he's got a lot of good points, but I dude, I just don't trust Lamar. 
I mean, like you said, it's his third year. Let's see if, you know, this is, this is kind of where that year where quarterbacks tend to make the biggest jump in their, in their careers, uh, you know, so we'll see. I mean, a lot of it rides on him. If Lamar yeah. go on, what were you going to say? They're definitely front runners. Like it does rely a lot on Lamar. You're right. in that point, but this year being the COVID year, where like, where continuity is key. I think this year actually helps a team like the Ravens more than any other team. You're right. They're front runners. They 100% are front runners. If they get down by 10 points, they're a different team because then it's okay. We can't run two out of the three downs. Yeah. We can't. Everybody knows we have to pass Lamar. What can you do with this receiver core? And again, this well, receiver core is not a top notch receiver core right. by any means. And to, to the point you just mentioned though, about continuity, like here's what I was just going to say. Continuity, you just named off what, like seven different defensive players they just signed for this season. They have not played in a game together. Your wide receivers, you got Devin Duvernay out of Texas, which, side note, I was going to say, watch his highlights in Texas, bro. This dude is gnarly. He he just makes Grant Delphi at LSU look like a you-know-what. You know, Unfortunately, he got injured with the Browns. But, dude, when they played LSU, just his highlights, dude, that dude is a baller. I do like Devin Duvernay. But the fact is, he's a rookie. He hasn't really been in a situation where, like I mentioned, Marquise, or Marquise Brown has been injured for half the season last year. The continuity is not there to, myself, to, to me. Not to mention, the, when you talked about key losses, the biggest key loss is they lost Marshall Yanda on their offensive line. This guy was a 14-time Pro Bowler. People don't realize how good this guy literally played three different positions on the line. What any season he went into, what do you guys need me at this year? You need me a left tackle, cool. You need me a right guard, cool. You need me a left guard, perfect. Best offensive lineman in the last 10 years. Seriously. Honestly. I mean, honestly, maybe besides Joe Thomas, you know, like this guy was a 14-time Pro Bowler that just retired this season. So I dude, that's a lot of continuity right there, too. A lot of the point, like I I just think there's a lot of just enough of a little concoction going on that it could just disrupt some things. You know what I mean? I, the one counterpoint to that I will have is all the defensive guys outside of Jimmy Smith. But here's the thing about Jimmy Smith. He's coming in as the second corner. It's not like he's coming in to replace somebody who left. Right. All the guys I named are all defensive ends, defensive tackles, be, and Matthew Judon, who can rush the passer. You don't need to learn scheme to know. No, you're right. Pin your ears back and go sack the quarterback. Right. Again, their biggest key offensive addition is J.K. Dobbins. That's the easiest position to learn in the NFL is the running back position. Hit the hole, make a guy miss, pick up the yards where you can. Again, you were right about Duvernay and Prochet, but they're not coming in to be immediate starters. They might if they're ready, but they're not coming in to be like, 100% immediate starters. Well, besides Marquise Brown, I, besides Marquise Brown, can you name another receiver? I mean, besides the two rookies? I mean, I know one of them, but... I mean, I know one, and he's he's about the most vanilla receiver of all time. It's Willie Sneed. That's exactly who I was thinking. I get it. That's what I'm saying. So they are front runners because when they get behind, they don't have the most dynamic wide receiver group. But I think with this defense, I think the way that they start games, how they run the ball, how they keep you guessing, I don't think they're going to be behind much. Right, like, and if Lamar can take a step forward... The NFL is on like everybody better hope that you're right in the fact that Lamar takes a step backwards, because if he does become take a step forward and become even just oh, a little bit better pocket passer, the NFL is. Yeah, they're going to they're going to light the world on fire for sure. No doubt. And I'm not even a huge and I'm not even a huge Lamar Jackson fan as far as like I think I still would take Mahomes and Russell Wilson over him to build a team. But man, if he takes a step, if he takes a step forward as a passer, everybody watch out. No doubt, no doubt. 
I agree. So I guess it's a big X factor. So that was my hot take on that with the, the 11, 5, 10, and 6. So uh, I got one more. I mean, we can hit this real quick. This is I did it kind of in opposite order. Uh, this isn't my hottest of hot takes. This is my lukewarm one. But I was going to say, uh, I see Cam Newton as the uh, comeback player of the year this year. I don't know how hot of a take that is at all. I think that just what he's been doing in, in New England, the videos you've been seeing, the things that Belichick's been saying. I mean, dude, he's ready to ball. He's ready to ball. He's ready to prove some people wrong. He's ready. He's just, you want to talk about a chip on your shoulder. There ain't a bigger chip in the NFL, I don't think, than what Cam Newton has on there. And the thing is, too, is everybody wants to say, oh, I don't know how he's going to do with this or that. I listened to a beat reporter the other day on uh, one of my podcasts. So, dude, Cam Newton comes in in one of his goofy outfits every single day. But you know what? He's the first person in the building in that goofy outfit, and he's the last person to leave at night in that goofy outfit. Bill Belichick doesn't give two rips about what you're wearing. He cares about what you're doing on the field, your mentality, what your mindset and your work ethic is. Cam's been checking the boxes the boxes and all that. People, don't forget this man was a, a league MVP and went 15-1 one season. I just, dude, comeback player of the year, that might not be the highest of hot takes, but, dude, I think he's going to ball out this year. Could he be the NFL's real comeback player? Yes. Sadly for him, Alex Smith made the roster. He's probably going to win comeback player of the year, but will he be the real comeback player of the year? I don't think that's too far-fetched. You you put an athlete like Cam Newton with Bill Belichick, I don't care what position he's at, he's going to get the most out of him. And I think that's all that needs to be said about Cam Newton, period. Bill Belichick plus Cam Newton equals problems for a lot of people. Yeah, I know Mikey P's down there in South Beach thinking about his dolphins, his fishies going, come on, man, seriously, the one chance we had and the, they signed the Cam Newton. Like, yeah, I, I feel for you, Mikey P. I'm sorry, bud. I mean, I don't feel for you. I kind of laugh about it, but, you know. Oh, how, how crazy is this? We got some breaking news. Oh, Speaking of Cam Newton, he was just officially named the, uh, the start Patriots starter just uh, now. Yeah. yeah, that's breaking, but that was kind of like, yeah, we already knew that was going to happen type thing. What in what realm did anybody think that Jared Stidham had a chance of really starting? You know what I'm saying, right? And and he just got hurt. I mean, it was it was a wrap. Right. Cam was definitely gonna be the starter. Right. Especially, I got I got one more hot take. If you want me to throw it out there, and it's probably my hottest oh, one. Honestly, you can't you can't tease me like that. And say it's your hottest one and say, well, if you want to hear, of course I want to hear. The listeners want to hear. Let's go, buddy boy. Bring it on us. All right, my last hot take of the day is AJ Dillon. Second round pick out of Boston College for the Green Bay Packers leads all running backs in the league this year in rushing touchdowns. Oh boy! I mean, everybody, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. (laughs) Everybody wants to hate on AJ Dillon, say he's a glorified fullback. I think I've even said it at the time or two. You know, sometimes you fall victim of just following the crowd. I'm usually not like that, but you know what? In this case, I'll say I was wrong. I watched him at Boston College a little bit. He has no gloves on, no no armband sleeves, no knee pads, no leggings, nothing. He looks like a fullback out Is there. Is that right? He runs like a fullback. Oh man. He does a- Go watch him at Boston College. He's got the finger tape on. Yeah, okay. He looks like he looks like he's from the eighties. This guy is six foot, two hundred and forty seven pounds. He is a absolute beast i seen him i don't know if you guys have seen the picture that's making its rounds he's in short shorts at the green bay training at green bay's training camp his quads are giant the dude just looks like a monster now last year the packers rushed for 18 total touchdowns the league leader was 16 and that was derrick henry and aaron jones aj Dillon's teammate aaron jones so people would be like, well, if Aaron Jones was that good around the goal line, why would you think that A.J. Dillon would lead the team in touchdowns? You don't draft a running back in the second round if you don't plan on using him. I don't think A.J. Dillon is very good. 
but clearly the Packers do. I think he's fairly mediocre. I do think he's a physical freak. What that means to me is if they plan on using him right off off the get, the one spot I can see him being serviceable is around the goal line. You know, giving the ball around the goal line. Look, we need it two, three, four yards, push the pile, get in. If they had 18 rushing touchdowns last year and they start and they for some reason think, you know what, Aaron Jones is just a between the 20 guy, 120 to the other, and um AJ Dillon is our finisher. He could hit that mark fairly easily. And I know there's a guy out there like Derrick Henry, but there's only one person that's even physically comparable to Derrick Henry right now, and that's AJ Dillon. I know it's a hot take. What do you think, bud? Rip me if you want to. I mean, to. I'm not ripping. There's no ripping. I mean, maybe a little bit. I don't. You, you make well, you make good <laughs> points, but here's the thing. I mean, you're talking about leading the whole entire league. Like the fact that he's only getting goal line carries in, in your scenario would lead me to believe that maybe he'll get maybe at most 10 touchdowns. And here's the thing, like if he's running three, four yards out, it doesn't mean he's going to score every single time. You know what I'm saying? And another thing too is I think he could be used as a decoy as well. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a uh, good old Mike Allside back in the day. You know what I mean? Mr. Uh, good hands of Mike Allside. Uh, that might be before your time with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, I know who Mike Allstott was. He was uh, another beast. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. But he had that big old neck, neck brace too that made him just look yeah, twice. He looked like a linebacker. But, seriously i mean hot take yeah that's pretty hot to say that he's gonna lead the league i just don't see uh you know he's a glorified two three like you know that playing tecmo super bowl when you hit the goal line jump button to get the first down of the touchdown that kind of reminds <laughs> me of him except he's not jumping he's just blowing right through people you know what i mean man that is a big boy though six foot and 247 i've seen some pictures yeah he does look like a monster i just dude i mean I, I guess maybe I'm just uh, a victim to his draft rankings when he was coming out. He wasn't even considered a top 200 player in the draft coming out this season. So maybe that fall victim to that, but I'm sure there's other people out there, you know, I don't, I don't know if even like a Richard Sherman or whoever, like somebody like that was even in the top 200 back in the day, you know, so you want to hear something your, scary. I'm listening. As you're sitting here saying this and you say like, Oh, he's only a goal line back. So I only see him getting 10 touchdowns. The first thing that pops in my mind is, Laguerre Blunt, you know, a couple years yeah. ago he led he led the league in touchdowns when he played for the Patriots. He was only their goal line back. So I look up Laguerre Blunt. I want to figure out exactly what year it was. It was 2016. He had 18 touchdowns. Want to hear something real scary? Laguerre Blunt, six foot tall, 247 pounds, exact same build as AJ Dillon. Done. If he gets done, the ball, done. if he gets the ball on the goal line, the guy's a bowling ball. It's about all he's good for. I'm telling you, like. They, Hold if on. they try to give him the ball between the 20s, he's not going to succeed. But if they keep him in the goal line, I think he has a chance to be at least viable as an NFL running back. Okay, real quick. Tap, tap, tap. Waiver wires dropping this player, A.J. Dillon, at to team. <laughs> okay, we're good, man. All right, all right. I'm back on, guys. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's crazy. Dude, That uh, maybe it's not as a hot take as you thought it was, you know? Holy hell. Uh, man. I just, you know, like like you said, with uh, I know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought Aaron Jones is definitely going to regress. Like, you're not going to get 16 touchdowns consistently. You know what I mean? That was a prodigy. Right. Of, you know, I, I, what what was his counterpart? I can't remember his name. Uh, guy's gonna Jamal be Williams. There. Touchdowns yeah, are just more lucky than anything. Like predicting well, touchdowns, you but yeah, predicting, predicting touchdowns yeah, yeah, yeah. is almost impossible. So like, right. we, the, we the difference between 16 and 10 
might actually not be that big of a difference that you would think. Like it is in the number when you look at it, but what actually happened in game, it could right. just be a matter of four extra yards gives you four I mean, touchdowns. Hell, you know what I mean? What did, Melvin Gordon scored three touchdowns in three plays in a row last year, but none of them counted because of a false yeah. start and a fumble and all this other stuff. What was it against Tell the Titans? About it. Yeah, Tell no, me I remember. about it. When the, when the Chargers, <laughs> when you had the Chargers at minus two and a half and they just on the one yard line, four straight plays and they end up giving the ball up without scoring. That one hurts. Yeah. I'll never forget that one. Three touchdowns and <laughs> three touchdowns and three plays and none of them counted. That's fantastic. Uh, somehow the only play that counted was him fumbling it at the one yard line on the fourth try. Like, come on, man. Yeah, like you mentioned about touchdowns and numbers too. Like we talked about on our last episode about fantasy. You know, our boy Leonard Fournette that's with the Bucks. Last year he was, he was like, what was he the fourth leading rusher in yardage? He had three touchdowns all season. There's three touchdowns and you're the fourth leading rusher. Like, how does that happen? You had 70 catches out of the backfield. Three touchdowns. So you're right. They're luck, like, man. They're luck. Or unlucky in his case, I guess. Exactly. But yeah, you know what, man? Uh, the more you talk about it, I don't know how hot of a take that is. I mean, I dude, if if you're get, if I'm betting in Vegas, I'm not putting my money on uh, AJ Dillon to, to be the winner. But that's also the bet that hits for like you know. Plus I wonder 200. what the. Pro- I wonder yep. what the prop on him is, like his over under on touchdowns this year. We'll have to we'll have to look it up for next time, you know. But uh, sure. yeah, that's intriguing. That is an intriguing set. We'll have to get that back. We'll get back to you, uh, to you folks, on that one, or you know, look it up yourself. And uh, maybe we just gave you a little tip, you know, when you're putting out down payment on your next house because of us, you know, just think of us or whatever. Maybe give us a little like Dougie Fresh parkway drive on uh you know your bar down in the basement or something there you go as an homage but uh i think that's gonna do it for us guys i mean doug you got anything else you want to bring up or talk about or uh we you ready to wrap this up and get the folks on their way i'm good man i'm just again thankful to be part of the podcast ready to keep doing this weekly man make sure you guys subscribe download listen to the episode keep supporting us and uh we'll keep doing what we can to give you guys something to listen to every week man Thank you guys. Couldn't couldn't say any better myself, Doug. And uh, you know, we you know, you say you're you're happy to be a part of it, dude. Honestly, we're happy to have you on too. And uh, you know, all the all the fan mail and everything I'm getting on you, uh I like anything I gotta step down and let you just be the host of this and maybe I'll chime in every once in a while, but uh that's a story for a different day. You're gonna have to take this this mic out of my cold dead hands. The listeners are like, What fan mail? They're all hating. <laughs> like, what fan mail are you getting? Hey man. <laughs> All right. Well, that that being said, hey, thanks a lot, guys. We do sincerely uh, appreciate you listening to us. Like uh, Doug said, subscribe, listen, pass on to a friend if you like us. Move it forward, you know, to somebody else. If you don't, just act like it never happened, like uh, my buddy Pat McAfee says. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we're out. 